How many of you are joyful that you're back together, praising God together? Have another day to live, another day to celebrate His name. Is anyone thankful for that? Yeah. Today we we are thankful because it's more than what we could have asked for in this day. It's more than what we could have thought of in this day. It is a joy to see God working in you. It is a joy to be here again after after so long, and uh, and to see some new faces, to see some of the known faces. But all in all, it's 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 exciting to see what God is doing in you. So I'm I'm, I'm thankful for that work that He is uh, He is doing in your life today. We want to spend some time uh, looking back and going back to some of the basic things. Some of the basic things. Check. Okay. Uh, we are going to look into the scriptures, but more than that, I, I, I pray that the Holy Spirit can help you to look into your own lives and, and to see you and to help you see God the way he should be seen. Okay? It, it can be confusing right now, but as we progress, I pray that more and more clarity and more and more life of God works in and through you. Okay? How many of you have ever bought something new? Ever received something new? If, if you haven't bought, but have you received anything new? New phone, new shoes, new cars, new bikes, anyone? Come on, be, be honest. New? Yeah. How does that feel? If you have something new, how does that feel? We we value it more than our own lives. Like it's okay if I fall, but my mobile should be fine, right? If it's it's okay if I break my hand, but the screen should be okay. It, it should be fully functional, right? If we have a new if we have a new bike, if we have a new car, what 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 does that happen? It it kind of excites us, right? The joy of driving, the joy of riding. Anyone knows the joy of having a new vehicle and then driving it? Yeah? It's, it's some sort of excitement. Right? If you have a brand new fresh phone in your hand, some, you don't even have to... It's, it's funny because now every phone is a black screen. No one knows what brand it is. No one knows what, if it's brand new. But we still will say, hey, I got a new phone. Not that I asked, but we like sharing that joy that we are having and saying, hey, I got something new. I got something brand new. I have something fresh. But let's give it some time. What happens after six months with that brand new phone or with a brand new shoe or with a brand new car? How, how is that treated now? Eh, I don't care if it falls anymore. It's okay. All right? I don't care if there's a scratch. It's, it's, it's fine. It's been six months. It's been a year. It's been it's been eight, 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 eight. It's been three three years now. It's okay. I'm gonna get a new one anyway. Why? Because once the the the, the new phase is gone, our our priority and our, our our joy towards that new thing starts to diminish. Right? And I this this uh, this challenging thought came to me when. Uh, one, one of my friends 
he 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 bought a new bike. Okay, and a few days later, he met with a terrible accident, and that bike went over the divider and rammed right into the pole. He dislocated his shoulder. His elbow was broken, and his and his bike was damaged in such a way that that the tire, the brand new bike, was twisted in this way completely and pushed it into danger. That bike was out just for two days from the show. Two days. We took him to the hospital, but more than the, the than worrying about him. We were messed up because of the condition of the bike. That guy had saved a whole lot for years to get that bike, right? It did. It, it was the, even the license plate was applied for registration. It was out just, just one one evening. Like they, he probably had it just for thirty eight hours. That's it. One evening, next day morning, and then in the evening, it's messed up. After getting him uh, treated and all those plasters and everything, we we finally took that bike to the showroom. And uh, the the guy, uh, one of the service guys, came up said, "Sir, is this under is this under your insurance? How how old is this?" My friend and I, we we took it. I would laugh and we said, "You see that guy? He he's the sales guy who sold this. Just call him up. He he'll tell you how old is this." And the guy comes out, and there was a shock on his face. He's like, "You guys, is this?" Yes, that is. He's like, "What happened to the guy?" He's like, "He's admitted in the hospital. We're bringing this back to you. What are we gonna do about this now?" He said, "Sir, even the insurance papers have not been finished. What are we gonna do? It's just two days." I'm like, "I know. It's it's not something that we did." It happened. Oh, how are we gonna do this? What's what's the next process? So they went that okay. It'll charge a bit more, but we can get you a replacement. We we will put it up under something on on a, on a defect, but we'll try to wind it up. It took us three weeks for him to get a new bike. Three weeks, and it took him six weeks to get his shoulder fully functioning. That that phase, I was kind of his driver now. You have to take me for the physio. You have to take me for this. I'm like, okay, okay. But when when he was back on the road, he was a bit more careful with his driving. He was confident again, but he still had this pull. And. He he's not a believer. He's not a believer. And one one evening, I just asked him, "Dude, it's 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 a miracle you're still alive." Because with that condition, what if your head was on that pole? I don't think that we could have got a replacement. The bike got replaced, but so what happened? God. Understand this. We all experience something new in our lives over and over again, right? But then there is a time where that thing has to go back, where our soul has to go back. The scripture says that a man can live sixty, seventy, eighty years 
After that, my soul is going back to God. If that bike's condition horrified the salesman, for a moment just think, when your soul goes back to the Creator, what would his reaction be? Would he be glad the soul is healthy and, and very well maintained and back? Or would he be shocked to see the condition of your soul? Worrying thought? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bad start, right? <laughs> but let me, let me get to you on this thing. See, everything that we have experienced in Jesus, how many of you have, you, can, you say that you have accepted Christ and you have experienced Him in your life? Anyone? Yeah? Do you remember the joy that you had on that day of, of accepting Christ? Anyone? You remember the zeal that you had towards Him? The commitment that you had towards Him? where you would fight everything just so that you could be in, in prayer or you could be in fellowship or you can be in that, in that community all over again where the presence of God is. But over the time when the, when the seasons go and when the years pass or months pass, that joy of new starts to die out. And the very thing that used to be an encouragement and a joy-giving factor starts to diminish from our spiritual lives. I, I, I believe Pastor Roy has talked, uh, has, uh, talked to you on, uh, on, 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 I think, a couple of weeks back, but he did share about the, the virgins who were ready for, right? Five of them had the oil and the five didn't. And one, one batch was prepared, but the others were not. And when, when, the, when the guy came, they were, hey, we, we, are, we are not ready. We are of things. Somewhere, that oil that we had started to slowly drain out. But we failed to take notice of it. Okay? That oil today for our conversation is, is nothing but the glory of God. We are going to talk on the glory of God this evening. Okay. It was it was uh, it, it was encouraging or, or confirming as we were singing the the song the glory of the Lord is coming down. I, I told our president Mr. Mr. Ben that hey this this exact song was in my thoughts when I was uh, when I was studying the scripture and I was praying I, I was I was worshiping God with that that hey Lord let the glory of God come down again in our lives. It's not just to to empower us. But just because you are glorious, that's pretty much it. I want, I want to experience that glorious God again. The world is filling our minds up with so much that we are losing out on the concept of experiencing the glory of God. Now our thoughts are filled up with challenges. Our thoughts are filled with, up with competition. Our thoughts are filled up with what's going to happen next. But our uh, thoughts are no, no longer filled up with the glory of God. The awe factor of the glory. When was the last time when you came in the presence of God and you just sat, sat back amazed at the presence of God? When was the last time when you came for fellowship, you had a joy in your heart, like a jumping, dancing joy. That, hey, I'm going to rejoice with my beloved ones in the name of Christ. When was the time when you, you were able to think, where you were able to sit and say, 
If I look back into my life, I have nothing. I have I have received nothing good this year. But I'm thankful that the glory of God is still upon my life. When was the last time where you were satisfied with the glory of God and nothing else? If you think of all these things, we will realize that we are consumed so much in our own thoughts that the thoughts of God no longer take priority in our lives. Dear ones, when your life gets called back, whenever that is, make sure your soul is ready to meet the Maker. It would be bad to have a wretched and a broken life presented to the Creator. After Him giving you every chance to get it repaired over and over again with the help of the Holy Spirit, with the Word, with prayer, with the fellowship of Jesus, He's giving us chances every single day to start fresh. But if we still don't take efforts to maintain that beauty of God in our lives, and we come back broken in before the throne, before the judgment throne, there's no second option. There's no chance that we get in. See, broken souls are welcome before the throne of grace. But before the throne of judgment, you're either in or you're out. Right now, we are before the throne of grace. This living life, this flesh, is under the throne of grace. But once it, it, this, this, this muddy body is left down and the soul is brought, uh, called back, or, when he, or if he comes sooner and he draws every soul back, then there is no throne of grace. What's next? Just the judgment. Now we can celebrate grace, but heaven doesn't need grace. There is no grace in heaven. There is just holiness and righteousness. There is just God being God. Right now on earth we experience Him as the Abba Father. We experience Him as Christ the Friend. We experience Him the Holy Spirit as our companion. But up there He is just God. He is God and that's pretty much it. He, he doesn't need any other alternate names. He doesn't need any other alternate positions. It's just God. The glory of God should be the final, the fundamental roots of our lives. Nothing else. Not the blessings. Not the miracles. Not the cure. Not the not the uh, uh, what do we say? The multiplication of our finances. No, no, no. The glory of God should be the root of our lives. You have faith. Now keep it fixed in the glory of God. You have strength. Keep it fixed in the glory of God. You have joy. Keep it fixed in the glory of God. Why? Because when all else is done, gone and done, the glory of God is the only thing that is going to remain. So make sure you're part of that glory and not out of that glory. That is our responsibility. Okay? We're going to look into Luke chapter 2, uh, verses 8 onwards. It's, it's, it's a Christmas themed message, but we're not talking about Christmas yet. Uh, sometime soon, but we are going in to look into the other parts in that scripture where which are kind of overlooked in the, in the now. Now they were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. Next scripture, please. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. 
Mark it in your Bibles. The glory of the Lord shone around them. It was not just a good news. What do we say? A good news presentation. No. It was a glorious presentation. They didn't just randomly come, hey, I've got good news for you. You're going to have a savior. And then just walk back. No, no, no. Then he says, the glory of the Lord shone around them. Dear ones, if you're in the presence of God and you walk out from this place, there will be God's glory shining around you and should be shining upon the lives of the people that you encounter too. Do you know where the angels came, angel came from, right? Where did he come from? KFC? No? Meddi? No? He came right from God. He came with a message. He came with a memo. Hey, you have to deliver this message to these random people that are in the outskirts of the city. Go give them this message. So this angel comes from the presence of God, from the glorious presence of God, and he comes in such a way that he's still with the, with the glory of God. Glory of God should and always be surrounding us, no matter where we go. If you have been in the presence of God, the glory of God should be around you. Not just protection, not just good message, not just uh, uh, random prayers, but the glory of God. How many of you know that there are, there are more than one galaxies? You know that? Anyone knows? Yes. The universe is not just this. It's, it's way more than this. Alright? There are billions of galaxies that we don't even know. There are stars out there that we don't even know. And what does the scripture say? Where is God seated? He's above the entire creation. Right? This morning I had the privilege to uh, dedicate a beautiful new child in a, uh, that, to, of, of one of the couples in our church. And, and as I was holding that little girl in my hand, she, she, was, she was this. I know my hand's big, but still, having that baby in my hand made me realize that she is too small. All my hands are too big. But when having that baby, and I gave, that, uh, gave the baby back to her mother uh, before the service started, I went back reading to the, uh, revising the scriptures, revising the notes, and, and this, this topic came up of, of the galaxy, of the universe, you know? And I realized, if, if, if that baby is so small in my hand, and if God holds the entire universe in his hands, where am I exactly? I mean, I, I'll probably be that, that dirt that needs to be checked under a microscope to see if there is anything living in it. If the baby, if a newborn baby fits in my hand, and God says I hold the universe in my hand, the universe that is not limited to this Milky Way, the universe that is not limited to our solar system, He says his, the universe is in His hands and then I am on one of these moving objects in some random place out of the many planets and he still keeps his eyes focused on me. Think about it. The tiniest of beings is what we are in his hands. The tiniest ones. 
But still, we are the precious ones. Precious ones that are bought with the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. So for us to think that we are doing okay is wrong. We should be doing gloriously good because God is a glorious God. We are not supposed to just finish our life anyhow. Jesus, the scripture doesn't say that he will, he will say, hey, you did good or, or you started well. He will, he will applaud the ones who finish well. You've done good. Well done, my faithful servant. You've done good. Your joy should be the same from the beginning to the end. That commitment should be the same from the beginning to the end. The zeal should be the same from the beginning to the end. Hello, are you listening? You and I, we need to make sure that the newness of God doesn't deteriorate in our lives, but keeps on multiplying every single day. You see, in verse 8, there were some folks out in the fields. And in verse 9, the glory of God shone around them. You, what, what happens next? Why are we focusing on the glory of God? What happens next? Let's read verse 10. And the angel of the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. In verse 9, sorry, in verse 9, the last line says, they were greatly afraid. You have that in your Bibles? Yeah, put a circle on that as well. So there was the glory of God, but then these folks were scared. These folks were afraid. Why? Because it was something that they had never seen before. They were amazed that there was something more than their wisdom, more than their knowledge, more than their understanding. The, the book of Luke is written by, by Luke. He, he is a doctor and you know, doctors tend to work on details. They, they will go to the very minute things, on the intricate things and will make sure that there's nothing hidden behind anything else, right? Nurses, dogs, trees, man, We'll make sure that everything is right. We'll have multiple tests. We'll have multiple right, uh, uh, scans just to make sure that things are absolutely fine. So if Luke is, is pointing these things out, there has to be a reason. You might have read the story. You might have heard the story before. But the purpose of this message is not so that I can prepare you for Christmas. The purpose for this message is so that you can continue to walk in the glory of God. Okay? Christmas without God's glory is just another public event. Okay? People attend public events. But this news didn't come for an event. This news came for a transformation. This news came for a change. You see, when the angels showed up to these guys, their thoughts, their mind was shocked. Why? Because they soon realized there are things that is beyond their comprehension. The very thought that God is, is just a six, seven foot guy went out of their mind. The very thought that God is just another uh, 70, 80 kilos person was out. The, God, the thought that God is just like us walking, talking and normal went out. What was left? They were scared. Dear ones, I want you to remember the God that you call as your God. He's not a casual being. 
He is an all-powerful, supernatural, with authority, with power, with command. He is that God of all power. Stop taking him lightly. Stop chilling with him. Be respectful with him. When you approach him, do it with reverence. Do it with honor. Of course, he is a friend, but not all friends should be our buddies. Right? Not all friends are treated the same way. Not all friends are taught in the same way. Jesus is your friend. The Holy Spirit is your companion. God is your father. But I cannot dare to talk to my father the way I talk to you, my brother. The way we have conversations is not how I would talk to my father. I mean, even my physical father now. Next thing I know, I'll be asking for prayers. Open places for me. But why? Because fathers, they are to be respected. Savior, the king, is to be respected. The Holy Spirit who has who has brought the authority to you, they need to be respected. They need to be revered. They need to be worshipped and not just casually brought into conversation. When I was in Sunday school, I used to be small ones. And I used to think, hey, heaven is just up there. As, we, as I look into the bright blue sky, I thought that 60,000 feet and then there's the, there's, there's the kingdom of God, there's, there's heaven. But as more and more the internet era grew and we found out that hey, the, after the blue sky there's a black sky and then there's a colorful sky and then there are stars that are beyond our, our sight. And I was annoyed, dude, where is heaven exactly? I mean, if he's so far up there, how is he even looking down here? Understand this, God is not small, God is not compact, God is not casual, He is so big that even the universe fits in His hand. And we think coming and talking to God casually is just going to be fine. No. Him in His glory is one of the most beautiful places that you will ever be. Him and His glory is one of the beautiful experiences you ever receive. See, He is seated in the Most High, right? But He still chose to come down to you. Can you imagine how far the angel would have traveled just to come, back, come down to this place called Bethel, which to the people who are not really well known, and to a city where, and not even in the city, to the outskirts of the city. Try to understand, he didn't catch a flight and spend 14 hours to come to India. He didn't take a rickshaw and travel from, from Alkapuri or Fateganj to, uh, to Wagoria. No. He came from the presence of God with a message that was meant for you and me. He knew the seriousness of that message. Dear ones, please make sure that every message of God that comes to you is treated with equal serious effect. Not casually, not calmly, but with reverence. I want you to understand this. Let's say one of the uh, a, a person, one, one, one 
a well-known leader comes into your presence or in this hall, how, how would you behave with them? Honestly speaking, would you would you sit as you are seated you are sitting right now? Would you? Yes, no, maybe. Simple question. Yes, no, maybe. No. Would you come when you wanted to come? Yes, no, maybe. Would you talk to him like you would talk to another friend? Yes, no, maybe. Would you treat him as you treat any other lecturer in this place? Yes, no, maybe. Why? You may not even know that person, but you are told the position of that person. Right? Understand this very nicely. God is God and He is seated on the Most High. You're sitting with Him, you're talking with Him, you're behaving with Him, should be treated as you are seated in the presence of the Most High. That doesn't mean you don't have to be normal, you don't have to be... Do it, sit as you are, be natural, be, be free with it. But in your heart, let there be reverence. Don't take his words lightly. Don't take his presence lightly. Don't just be present because you have to be physically present. Be present with all your heart. How many of you have tried exploring Barola City? Anyone? No one? You know, Barra is, is a small city compared to the other cities in Gujarat. Okay, compared to Ahmedabad, compared to Surat, Barra is still small. But if I gave you my home address, and if you had to travel without using Uber or Jibno, you would still be lost. You would have to find, you would have to talk to people, look around and figure out, hey, what is the landmark, which exactly is the place, where do we exactly go, how long is it going to take? Now, if, if Burra being a small city is confusing for us, can you think just for a second, how did God manage to come out of the entire galaxy and be present in the city of Bethlehem and in a place, in a manger that no one would have ever even seen? It was easy or it was convenient for him. Why? Because he is God and nothing is left out of his details. He even knows the place. He even knows the people. He knows the location. He knows the time. He says, I know your future. Even before we have a future or we had a future, he knew our future. Why? Because he is God. I'm giving you... This, this idea before I jump into the glory aspect that God is not a small concept. It's not a small talk. It's not a small being. God is enormous. He is glorious and he is mighty. Come before him with all due respect in every given moment. Not just in this hall. The scripture says when two or three are gathered, he's there. So when next time when you when you meet somewhere, just to talk, just to meet. Keep keep your heart sure that God is with you, and let that let that joy, let that reverence, let that honor help your conversation furthermore. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter six. Keep your hand in the book of Luke, Isaiah chapter six, verses one to five, real quickly. Isaiah six, verses one to five. 
It says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. I like that. The train of the robe filled this temple. Alright? Next, next verse says, Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. How many wings? Two he covered with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to the to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, and the whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the doors were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of the people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Hello, are you here? See, when you encounter God, transformation begins. Look at this. The scripture talks about God in the first two verses. Right? Seraphim, how are they approaching God? Six wings, right? Two, they cover their face. Two, they cover their feet and two, they are flying. And what are they crying out? What are they singing? What does the scripture say? They're singing. Hello? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And the whole earth is filled with his glory. And the next one, the, the place shakes up, the house is filled with smoke. But fifth verse. I should have said, woe is me, for I am under. Did you anywhere see God telling him that you are a sinful man? In the first five verses, did we see that? Did we see God telling him, hey, you're, you are living with people of unclean lips? Anywhere? But when he encountered the maker, he knew his own condition. And that broke him down. If you and I, we say that we have encountered Christ and it is not back with the proof of a transformation, that conviction or that, profess, uh, that professing that I, I have encountered Christ is just a sham. It's just something we are presenting to, to please ourselves or to, 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 to win someone's trust. Hey, I, I have experienced God. But every experience of God will back with a spiritual transformation. God didn't even have to tell him that he needs to repent or tell him to turn from his evil ways. He himself realized who he was standing in front of. Do you believe that this is the same God that we serve? How many of you believe that? How many of you believe that this is the same God who would save for the earth to open up and take the people in? Is the same God that we still serve today? Right? How many of you still believe that it is the same God who commanded the flood to come in as the same God that we are worshipping today? You still believe that his voice is louder than the voices of thunder? Right? So if the God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament, we should come to the same reverence of the Levites that came before God. Even if one person was found with sin and entered into the house of God, what would happen to them? They would fall dead. They had to be pulled back out. Why? Because nothing unholy can stay in the house of God. You believe, 
you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Jesus lives in you, then this house cannot be open for any unholy things. Why? Because where the presence of God is, there is holiness. There is, there is righteousness. There is life. There is no room for death in this temple anymore. Holy things will prevail. Holy things will rule. Holy things will grow. Now Isaiah cried out, Woe is to me. I'm a man of unclean lips. The seraphim bought out on, on uh, and the pitcher is a coal and he said, hey, we, we are going to set this right. Behold, it's making you new. We go back into the book of Luke chapter 2 and we see how this glory manifested in these people or how they took it up with them. Right? In verse 10, the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. How many of you are people here? Human beings? All are human beings, right? Celebrate because the good news is still available to each one of you. We can rejoice because no matter how badly we live, if we are human beings, if we are considered as people, I can rejoice because God is still bringing good news to me. The good news can be of healing. The good news can be of deliverance. The good news can be of transformation. The good news can be of salvation. The good news can be of baptism. The good news can be of financial breakthrough. The good news can be of, of freedom from anxiety, depression, and sin. The good news can keep on expanding if it is for all people. And if it is for all people, then we still have the chance to receive that good news over and over again. See, the Lord of hosts, he chooses to bring good news with him. Okay? He just doesn't condemn us. He just doesn't say that, hey, you are a sinner. No. He says you have sinned. But then he says, I have come to give you life. We can get rid of that sin. We can get rid of that guilt. We can get rid of that shame. I can fill you with my glory again and again. But would you desire to be filled with his glory? Now that is a question that we are going to unravel. Verse 12, what does it say? And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. So all the details come up that, hey, this is how it's going to happen. They, they, they might have thought, hey, but he's a king. Shouldn't he be born in a palace? No, he chose a manger. Shouldn't there be people knowing? But then he chose the unknowns to make the news known. Right? Now all of this happened and then in verse 13 what comes up? He says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. So after the message was given, now the praise team comes up. Late. It's everywhere, isn't it? <laughs> but no. I thought, why, why didn't they all come together? I, 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 I probably asked God when we knew, why didn't you send them all together? What, what's, what's up with the, with the entry? Is, was that a cinematic effect? Was that, was that for, for a dramatic pause? What was happening? But when they showed up, they had another anthem. It was not, hey, we bring you good news. 
It was not, hey, we're gonna, his, 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 his name will be Jesus. They're not like, hey, we're gonna, this, this king is going to praise, bring praise and glory of God into earth. He will walk with you. He will sit with you. He will eat. They didn't come with that secondary news. What was this, this new team's message? Look at this, verse 14. I want you to read it. Carefully read it. What does the first line of that scripture say? Read it out, please. Glory to God in the highest. And next three. And on earth, peace, goodwill towards. Highlight that in your Bible. And why am I saying this? You see, they didn't come with another good news. They had the priorities right in their anthem. You see the first line, the top line of their of the praise was glory to God in the highest. Why are they saying glory to God? Because this God who is in the most high is choosing to come down for you created beings. Let there be glory to God. Can anyone give that God glory because he came down individually for you? Again, glory to God in the highest because he is choosing to partake of your brokenness. He is choosing to partake of your pain. He is choosing to go to the place that was created for you guys so that you don't have to end up to the place that was created for sin. For the enemy, for the devil and his angels. No, no, no. We are bringing you back to the original glory. So glory to God in the highest because you're about to be restored in that glory. Anyone excited? Anyone thankful that you are not lost and forgotten? God's glory is still after you. It's still after you. You see, they had their priorities right. They said, hey, first we're going to praise God. First we're going to make sure that His name is most high. First we're going to make sure that all honor, all reverence, all praise comes back to you. They didn't come up and say, like, hey, 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 we, we are just going to give you with multiple blessings. Your, your work of your hand will bless you. Your sheep will be multiplied. You will be richy rich. No, no, no. They said, glory to God in the highest. But that was not it. Now they followed up saying, Peace, let there be peace on earth and goodwill towards men. So, glory to God first and then the blessing to men next. Okay? Marvelous God is making sure that you receive marvelous things if you keep Him in the top priority. Now, this is a good news. Listen to me. He didn't have to send an angel for you and I. Did he? What do you think? Did he have to? Did he have to send Jesus for us? Did he have to save us from sin? Did he have to bear the cross for us? Did he have to be beaten down, broken and with an APF? He didn't have to. He is a perfectly just God who is safely and, and in and power and authority seated in the most high. He is doing absolutely fine. But still he chose to come down for you and I. Doesn't that God deserve all the glory from our lives? Does he not? He 
was doing absolutely, we're just another creation of his. And he still chose to save us. Remember the angels who tried to overcome or overpower him or take his throne? They were cast out. But we, we have another day and then another day and then another day. Why? Because he paid a price for you and I. And our God makes sure that none of his prizes go to waste. If he's paid for it, he'll make sure that he receives the full fold of it. He's giving us time over and over again to come back to the root, come back to the star, come back to the glory, come back to the life of God. The glory of God is not, is not something that we perform or that we scream and shout and say it is upon me. The glory of God is a personal experience that surrounds each one of us. We cannot command it to come down. Listen to me. Glory of God cannot be upon you. Why? Because God doesn't share his glory. But the thing is, he added you in his glory. He won't give you his glory, but he'll make sure that you are part of that glory. You're one with him. It is good that God is gracious. It is good that he's merciful. It is good that he's loving. But above all, it is good that he is God. Even if nothing else worked, he is still glorious. He is still worthy of worship. My message today is this. Even if you serve or worship God, make sure that he did everything beyond our wildest imaginations just so that he could receive all the glory from you and I. Right? Never let the glory of God diminish in your lives. Now the second part of this, the enemy he will be happy if you invert this message. If you flip this scripture, what comes first? What comes first? Goodwill to all men. That comes first. Glory to God? Secondly. The devil will be very happy if you live a life in that anthem. The devil will be very happy, will be, will be happy if you go to church every Sunday, will be happy if you attend every weekly service, as long as you are focusing first on the goodwill and then lastly, if possible, on the glory of God. He will be very glad if you are part of the worship team, if you are part of the ministry, if you are part of the ushering team or, or, the, uh, or the parents of the... As long as you are making sure that the goodwill is first, that the peace of God is first, that the blessings of God is first, glory of God is secondary, if at all it is possible in my life. Why? Because he knows that the only way to mess things up for you and I is to be cunningly creative. He will make you think, he will make you believe that I'm going to church, it's fine, I'm, I'm good, I'm in the glory of God. But glory of God is not on a Sunday service. Glory of God should be an everyday process. It should be in every step of our lives. It should be in every word of our lives. It should be in every thought of our lives. It should be actually our life. You read the book of Isaiah chapter 6 right now, right? In verse 1, what did it say? It says, the drain of his robe filled the temple. His glory fills the temple. The seraphim said, His glory fills the earth. Do you remember? Do you know? How many of you know this? That you are the temple of the living God. You know that? 
You have to make sure, you have to check your life if the robe of the Almighty God is filling your temple. The robe, His glory, His righteousness, His holiness, is it filling my life? Or am I allowing something else to wrap me up? Too often, we spend our time praying, we spend our time studying, we spend our time ministering, but we flip the anthem of glory. We first make it about us and then next about God. Whereas it has always been God first, then men next. Remember the, the rule that or uh, the commandment that Jesus simplified. What was the first who was the first person to be loved? Love the Lord your God above all else, and then love the neighbor. As it now we love fellowship more than God. We love meeting each other more than meeting God. We spend three hours with our best friends, but thirty minutes, if at all, that is still right with God. But shouldn't it be that love God first? and then love your neighbor? Shouldn't it be give him your best and then he will bless the works of your hand? Shouldn't it be bring the best into the house and he will make, make sure that it is brought back to you, multiplied, shaken and brought forth? Why? Because you have to keep God first. Dear ones, as long as you are you are that disillusioned of thinking that, hey, everything is happening good for me. If every testimony ends up bringing all attention to me, if every gospel message ends up with all attention to me, you're, you're calling in danger. God doesn't share his glory. Every good news, every blessing that comes on your life, first and foremost, make sure you read out all the thanksgiving to God. You are not a blessing collector okay you have to start living as a blessing stop collecting blessings be a blessing and give it all out back to the people back to god back to the house of god why because you are supposed to be the vessels of his glory you're supposed to be the vessel not the owner you're supposed to be the vessel who he decides how to be used Right now, if you surrender to the Spirit of God, you put back you you put back uh, you put God back on top. But if you allow your heart to rule, you bring yourself back on top. Sometimes there will be chances where we think that we are right, but everything changes when man grows in glory and stops giving glory to God. There is, uh, it's all right. We have ten minutes. Right. Uh, there is, uh, uh, there is a club in Premier League. How many of you watch Premier League? Yeah. There is, there is Manchester United, right? Yeah. They have an anthem. You know that anthem? What is it? Glory, glory, Man United. You know that is a war cry or a gospel song that was turned into a United anthem. 
the actual song that was i think in the 1970s or, or before that i don't exactly know uh, the time but the actual it is a war anthem that was sung by by uh, believing people who would go into battle and the and the cry was glory glory to god in the highest when you go back to your rooms google glory glory to god in the highest and you have the entire song with all the lyrics this club i i love that club <laughs> but they turned it out into their anthem they placed the highest glory with the glory for united now we may laugh at it but isn't that what we are doing in our lives glory glory to god in the highest but when we succeed we say i spent nights i didn't even sleep i was fasting i was praying i was glory glory to me you don't know how much money i've spent you know how much time i've spent in the gym you know how how, how much time i've spent in, in the field of practicing this making sure that 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 uh, that shot goes right making sure that my tone is right making sure that my my body is right all glory 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 to myself united is doing it so it's cool but it's not you don't know how much my family has sacrificed the glory goes back to the family you don't know how many years i've labored in this in this university or how many years i've labored in this job i've labored in this ministry or i've labored in this business glory goes back to that man glory goes back to that job glory goes back to that business glory goes back to that club what's happening the glory should be to god in the highest but we are stopping it in this realm and we make sure that all the glory is just being distributed by ourselves glory glory to god in the highest the seraphim said holy 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 is the lord of hosts you see there are chances when we are going through trials we sing our glory glory to god in the highest but when things are going good that anthem changes to glory 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 to me to the people who labored behind me to the people who provided for me to the place where i'm working glory glory to my work glory glory to my studies glory glory to my dedication glory glory to my commitment guys glory goes to what i accomplish whereas glory should always be going to god he trains the hands for the battle he strengthens the weary bones he gives rest to the people who are tired and we think maybe sleeping for 10 hours the next day will stop with my rest no no you can sleep the whole day but can you make sure you wake up after it sleep for 10 hours i dare you but give me the assurance that you will wake up after 10 hours what if i wake up after 10 hours but i'm not in the place where i should have been up 
I face the gigantic and the almighty God and he says, hey, good morning. You were sleeping long. You were trying to find rest by your own manners. You were trying to find that happiness in your own efforts. You were trying to find that healthy life by your own, your own measures, your own wisdom, your own knowledge, your own understanding. It's good to see you. What are we going to do now? Which meal would you want to have right now? Do you want another bed? You want to continue your nap? You think your soul will be refreshed after another six, seven hours of sleep? But you know, our God can do that, right? Do you know that? It is a scary thought, but it is absolutely possible that we wake up in the presence of God and not on earth tomorrow morning. Absolutely possible. We may say, good night, I'll see you tomorrow. Uh -huh. Make sure if you say, see you tomorrow, you're not just taking yourself up, you're taking your friend up as well. So, careful with that, okay? Don't take people with you. Make sure that you are, you're good with God, that you're right with God. So, what happens when we flip the switch, when we flip this anthem, that glory to me, that all goodwill comes to me. We are changing our faith and making it that God is good because he is blessing me. But the, the theology is not that God is good because he is blessing me. The theology is God is good because he is God. If he doesn't bless me, he is still God. If he doesn't rescue me, he is still God. If he doesn't heal me, he is still God. If he doesn't cast out the demons from my life, he is still God. God is still God whether he blesses you or heals you or sanctifies you. He is still God. But the wrong mentality that is creeping in our, in our generation and in this, this uh, what do we say, the internet era is believing that God is good and he is going to bless you. No, God is good because he is good. Now what happens if this anthem is switched up? If God doesn't answer me according to my desires, my faith starts to dim down. My commitment towards the church and towards his people starts to grow weary. My, my heart of prayer is no longer willing to pray. My, my discernment to read the scriptures is not, not exciting me anymore. My zeal of coming and serving the kingdom of God is no longer there anymore. Why? Because now God is not working as I want him to work. Wait a minute. How can we expect God to work how we want him to work? Isn't he God? Is he God or not? You all watch movies, right? Just, I watch movies too, we're free, okay? There, there are lead heroes, right? And then there are the side ones, right? But you know, everyone idolizes the, the lead hero. Everyone loves the main character. But you know the actual the, the actual hero behind all of, of, of that movie is not that particular hero or cast. It is the writer, the producer, and the director who chose the entire crew. But who are being celebrated? The heroes. Who are being left back? 
the directors, the producers, and the crew behind them. Right? Now, if we think that this entire life of 60 years, 70 years is about me, and I'm the hero of this story, boy, you're in for a trouble. You are not, I am not the lead of this story. We are just associates of the lead who is our almighty God. Make this very clear with you this evening. This life is not about you. The service is not about you. PSU, worship team, usher team, it's not about you. You are not the main character of this story. God is. But he is choosing you to be part of his story. But we turn it all around and say, but I want to be the lead. It should be all about me. God bless me because it's my authority. Wait, what? Didn't I give you that authority to pray? And you're commanding me to bless you because I gave you the authority? It's, is that an infinite loop? What if God takes back the authority? Will you still be able to pray? We say, but God, I'm doing so much. You're doing it because I have still chosen to give your life to be useful for my people. You're doing so much. You're accomplishing so much just because I'm allowing you to live on this earth. I am the main guy in your story. I am the main God in your story. Not guy. God in your story. And it is all about me, not you human beings. It's a problem that we have grown into where we are focusing more on the blessings and less on the God who blesses. I was telling some of the folks here, you, you know the, the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea, right? Two, two parts in the Bible, okay? The Dead Sea has water, it has some minerals, but the Dead Sea doesn't have life. Yeah. There's no fish, there's no, what do we say, the, the plants, there's nothing. But Galilee has fish and the plants. You know why? Don't say because God blessed it. No. It branches out into the river Jordan. The Sea of Galilee is opening up to flow into another river. While the Dead Sea is just clustered, limited to itself. It has water, it has minerals, but it doesn't have life. Now many of us here, we have water, we have minerals. What are water and minerals? We have the, we have the knowledge of the word of God. And we have the minerals of the blessings and the power to pray. But my question is, do you have life? Are you pouring that water out into someone's life? Try this. Fill a glass of water and put it in your room for the next five days. What happens to that water? What happens? Stinks? It's contaminated? There, there may be algae on it. Right? If it's kept in the open, there will be there will be mosquitoes and flies surrounding. Why? Because it's just there. Some of our Christian lives, instead of being gloriously beautiful, is stinking because we are not continuously pouring out 
and to the people around us. What is the use of every good mineral in your life if you're not making sure that it passes on through you? What is the purpose of being blessed if you're not becoming a blessing for someone? Some of us, we are growing in the blessings whereas we should be growing in the Lord. Our pockets are filling up, but our hearts, our talents are rising up, but the glory of God, our name and our fame and our glory is spreading out, but the presence of God, we are so full of ourselves. But understand this, this body of ours is just dirt. After 70 years, 60 years, 80 years, maybe tonight, this body will be cast down. And it will be, it will be a, a, very, a very devastating experience for me to go to the presence of God without saying, hey, I actually enjoyed your presence on earth. You have to spend eternity in His presence, don't you? So why not start enjoying His presence on earth? You see, God is allowing us to be part of His story, dear ones. You can be a Christian, but He wants you to be His bride. You can be Christians who come to church, or you can be Christians who become the church. You can be Christians who speak in tongues or you can be Christians who cast out demons and do all these wonderful things because the glory of God is upon you. You can be Christians who can be multi-billionaires or you can be Christians who preach the gospel and 4,000 came into salvation that very moment. Just like it happened in the book of Acts. You can be Christians who can be gathering house to house and praying rather than making a big show of everything with every light, with every, with every camera, with all the good things without the most utmost good thing, that is the glory of God. Are you with me this far? Will you evaluate your life with the help of the Holy Spirit and see how filled are you with the glory of God? glory of man is rising up so much. But understand this, God cannot fill what is not empty. Right? He said one man cannot serve two masters, one person cannot be in two boats. I cannot be half empty and then half filled with the glory of God. I cannot be half filled with the glory of the world and then fully half filled with... No, if you want the glory of God, you'll have to empty your entire self. Your desires, your ideas, your thoughts, your plans, they need to go out. Remember the prayer that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane? Right? He had the cup. What did he pray? Lord? It is? What is it? It's too much. It's very... I, I cannot partake of this cup. That was his desire. But his commitment was, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. If it was us, we would say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I cast this cup out. 
Wait. What if he wants you to be partakers of that cup? Our ideology is so ruined that we think that jail is not meant for us. But if we keep God first, we will know that even in the jail, the glory of God will surround us and the barricades will open. Why? Because the glory of God cannot be handled. We think that the glory of God will only manifest in this place, but the glory of God can be manifested in your mess. It can be manifested when you go out for picnics, when it can be manifested when you gather at depots, it can be manifested when you gather when you gather for your for your burgers. Wherever you go, the glory of God can be manifested. As long as the people are having their eyes fixed on the glory of God. I'm finishing off with this. This the, the, uh, the, there was a storm and Jesus was walking on it, right? And Peter said, if it is really you, Lord, let me come out as well. And he started walking on the storm. How? He had his eyes fixed on Jesus. But the moment he shifted his eyes, he started to sink. Some of our lives here are sinking day by day, broken day by day, because your eyes have shifted from God. You say, but I'm praying so much. But are your eyes fixed on Jesus? You say, I've been interceding. I've been trying to do this right. But have you made sure that your life is full of God and not you? Did you ever try praying, Lord, instead of taking this away from me? How about if it is your purpose, if it is your desire to strengthen me to take this, then let it be so. If it is your desire for me to be handcuffed, help me bear it. If it is your, uh, if it, if you're permitting for me to be stoned to death, Stephen looked up with a smile and he just gave his soul to God. He didn't say in the name of Jesus, I rebuke all you casters. Let the stones be turned back to you. No. He saw the glory of God and he went in the glory of God. Many of us, we are focusing so much on the blessings that we have our eyes shifted from the glory. The blessings are temporary, my dear ones. It will end when this world ends. But the glory of God is eternal. Would you rather choose to end your life gloriously or would you rather choose to end your life shattered and destroyed? Broke it before the throne of, of judgment. He loves you. He's given you life. He's, he's given you energy and strength. But it is not so that you will be glorified. It is so that he will be glorified. Would you come back to the start and revive, prayerfully revive that commitment to God? God should not be a substitute for your life. God should not be the secondary, secondary actor in your life. No, God should be the leader. You should be doing according to his role. You should be doing according to his plan. You should be doing what he has desired. I shared this the other day. Many of us, we gladly accept his yes. But when he says no, we frown, we throw tantrums. We are like the spoiled brat. Spoiled kids. They receive everything 
And when they don't receive something that they want, they start to cry, they start to beat the ground, they start to beat the people around. Why? I want it. You will get everything that is needed for your life. But you will get more if you are with God in this life. Matthew chapter 6, it, 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 uh, it speaks, Jesus speaks about a common blessing. Right? Everyone on this earth will be blessed. They will have the food to eat, they will live their lives, they will be healthy. That's a common blessing. But it is for us, righteous and believing ones, he says, the righteous will not be put to shame. That blessing is not for the world. He says, I will multiply the, and bless the works of your hand and it will, I will pour it back to you, multiply it, shaken and, and pouring forth. That blessing is not for the world. So you can think, but I have the blessings of God. So does the world. There are billionaires who are not Christians. So they are the blessings of the world. You and I, to be truly blessed, doesn't mean that we be billionaires. But it means this, that we are satisfied in what we have and we are rejoicing in the presence of God knowing that I will lack no good thing. Stop chasing the blessings, dear ones. This evening I request you, humbly request you, cast out that mentality, that goodwill to man and then maybe glory to God and bring back the root, glory to God in the highest at all times. So even if he doesn't bless me, I will say glory to God. Even if my desires don't come to pass, I will say glory to God. Even if my idea of prosperity doesn't come to pass, I will say glory to God. Why? Because he says, my ways are higher than yours, my thoughts are higher than yours, and my plans are higher than yours. Trust God and bring all glory back to the house of God. Let his glory fill your hearts. Let your heart be at rest. Too, too often we are too worried about what's going to happen. Allow the glory of God to handle it. Allow the glory of God to lead you to the place that he wants you to be in. Don't say, I don't want to be there. And then he makes sure that you drown and you end up in, a, you know, in the stomach of a whale. And then eventually you still end up going where he wanted you to go. Just be with him. Come with reverence. Come with zeal. Even if he doesn't bless you, say glory to God in the highest. But it is not possible for God to not bless you. If you keep staying with him, if you keep glorifying him, he will bless you. But our problem is we are focusing on the blessings and not the glory. Please, when you go back tonight, allow the word, allow the spirit of God to hit you like he wants to, to restore you like he wants to, to convict you like he wants to, and eventually to bring you back to life that was meant for you. The life that doesn't end, the joy that doesn't end. Question your heart, why am I so worried nowadays? Question your heart. Why am I so anxious about my future nowadays? Question your heart. Why am I so so gloomy nowadays? Question your heart. Why is that joy, that happiness of, of fellowship not in my heart nowadays? It's just because the heart is now filled with me and not with the one who gives joy, love, peace and understanding. 
Jesus slept. When? When, when was, in the scripture there is only one place where it says Jesus was sleeping. What was that place? <laughs> the song. What were the others doing? Save us! Save our own lives! Let's try our very best to keep the boat steady. Try, try opening both the masts. Try, try, try rowing from that side. Push the water out. Take the bucket. Push. But then Jesus is the same Jesus who would be up early to spend his time with God. He sacrificed his sleep in the presence of God so that when the storms were, he was peacefully sleeping. And some of us, we are not sleeping in the storm because we are sleeping in the presence of and we call it soaking. Don't sleep in the presence of God. If you have time to spend with Him, use it to spend with Him. Because when you spend your most with Him, He will make sure you are able to rejoice and celebrate life in any given point. Be it the storm, be it the darkest valley, be it the jail, you will rejoice. Why? Because you know you are complete in Him and His glory is in you. Before we go to the communion, we have the communion, right? Yes? We have the Lord's Supper? Communion? We have? Okay. Before we proceed to it, would you be able to take that time and come back to the root and say glory to God in the highest? Would you be able to say, Lord, I'm sorry that I turned it around to glory, glory myself? Glory, glory, my work. Glory, glory, my education. Glory, glory, my skills. Glory, glory, my desires, my efforts, my hardships. But I'm bringing all the glory back to you, God. Everything that you have is a blessing. It's not your hard work. It is your hard work, but it is, it is completed with His blessing. It is completed with His provision. It is completed with His authority. Glory, glory to God in the highest. Please don't mess this up in your life. If you think you have, I'm giving you a minute, close your eyes and humbly, if you can kneel down, please kneel down. If you can stand up, please stand up. But come before him with reverence. If you think it is you who needs to come back to the start, Quietly stand up where you are. You don't have to look at your neighbor if they are standing up. You don't have to see if anyone else is with you. You don't have to judge anyone if they are doing. Make sure your relation is right with God. Don't worry about others. Glory to God in the highest. I'm sorry, Lord, that I kept that glory to me. I'm sorry, Lord, that I kept my desires as the top priority. I'm sorry, Lord, that I made myself as the chief, as, as the main character of your story. Everything that I have received in my life is because of you, but I turned it into me. Dear ones, humble your heart and come before him with reverence. Come on. Don't be ashamed. Don't worry about what's, what's going to happen next. But believe that as his robe filled the temple, believe that his glory is going to fill your life again. 
Stand up if it is you. Kneel down if it is you. Take a step of change in your life. Everyone. Everyone. Holy Spirit, help your children to pray. Holy Spirit, removes, remove that heart that is not soft, that is not, that is not beating according to your glory of God. And give us a brand new heart, Lord. We're sorry for making this all about ourselves. Whereas you are the one who is the main lead in our lives. You didn't have to do it all, but you chose to do it for us. Holy Spirit, open up our hearts so that all glory goes back to the place it belongs. Holy Spirit, lead us to pray, lead us to repentance, lead us to conviction, and lead us into restoration. Let the restoration work of God continue to work in our lives. Shed all the, all the shiny things from you. Get rid of all the desires and plans that is yours and make space for the plans of God in your life, dear ones. Let's come back to the start. Come back to the start. Make it happen, God. Eradicate anything that is hindering that ego, that pride, that fame, or that shame, that guilt, that is hindering the glory of God to dwell in our lives, to rise from our lives. Remove all those things, every nook and corner, every door that we have closed, every wall that we have built. Get rid of it in Jesus' name. And I pray, Lord, that you may help these beautiful children, help everyone seated here, or standing here, or kneeling here. Help them to come back to the root, to be the vessels of your glory. Take charge. Take complete control in our lives. It's all about you. Holy Spirit, help us not to forget this. Help us not to forget this. Help your children to restart, Lord. Help your children to be joyful in your presence. To come before you with reverence and honor. Help your children to be restored in the, in the fellowship of the brethren. Help them to rejoice in the fellowship of the word. Help them to rejoice in the sacrificially, sacrificially sowing into the kingdom of God. Help them to rejoice in the life of God. Speak your life. And let there be a breath, let there be the anointing, let there be the zeal that is beyond our comprehension. Let the family, let this house be restored in the glory of God forevermore. Every individual, every single temple, let them be filled with your glory, Lord. Let them not be empty vessels that make clashing sounds, but let them be the vessels that radiate your glory. The angels declare your glory. Help us to manifest that in our lives and through our lives.